Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I am Susan Brown-Snook, and I'm the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are having a special episode of the Faith to Go podcast today, not the normal uh, reflection on the weekly gospel like you're used to. That is in your podcast feed, though, if you go to the mm-hmm. opposite, the one behind this one. But today we are having a special edition and welcoming back uh, Bishop Susan to the podcast because we are about to start a new liturgical season and a new focus in our year of discipleship 2020, talking about the way of love. And so we are about to turn to the season of turn in Lent. <laughs> in 2020. I've made that joke three times now, three weeks in a row. So this is the last time I get to do it, unfortunately. Uh, But welcome back, Bishop Susan. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah, so exciting. So uh, before we get into the season of turn, talk about some of the resources and kind of give an overview of Lent as a season. Uh, We are going to briefly discuss... Uh, our experience of Epiphany and the resource area of prey and uh, rules of life. So, uh, how were your? How was your Epiphany? And uh, did you use any of those resources from the from the website? So, Epiphany for me was light filled. <laughs> I know we all love to reference the specific things about Epiphany, but I really did see pockets of light all around the diocese all throughout Epiphany, and was able to visit with a lot of different congregations and have a lot of different experiences that for me really did enhance the way the light of that season was. And it was a very prayerful time as well. Um, I wanted to go ahead and recap the resource that I was most excited about, which was the diocesan day that we chose to walk the labyrinth. Because the gift for me was that I got to spend the entire day in that practice, really immersed in that prayer practice, because I was leading it for the youth of our diocese at Camp Stevens. And so the way annually the youth of our diocese go to Camp Stevens for a retreat in Epiphany, and the way it works is they have small groups that they're assigned to, and they spend the day doing different things during different times. So the people who are facilitating their activities spend that day immersed in that activity. And I was the person who led the labyrinth walk. And so I spent my time sitting outside by the labyrinth, in a fleece and a hat and gloves because it was quite chilly (laughs) at Camp Stevens. Um, But it was a beautifully prayerful experience to watch these 6th through 12th graders take that quiet time to walk the labyrinth. And we use a specific tool in when working with youth to help them experience the labyrinth more deeply, which is the practice of a stone with chalk. And so you spend some time thinking about something that you need to give to God. Um, either something that is heavy for you that you want to give, something that you need help with, or something that you're thankful for. And each of our youth kind of approach it in a different way. And then after you've picked what this item is, you chalk a word or a word or two on the rock that you are going to carry all through the labyrinth. And one youth heads in and twists and turns all the way around until they 
get to the center. And when they get to the center, they take their rock and they place it in the bowl of water and they wash the rock clean, giving it to God, and then travel back out twisting and turning as another youth begins their journey in. So your time in the labyrinth is truly your own. You may cross paths with someone else. But the other thing that's really special about it is, and maybe this will hearken us back to Christmas a little bit, um, but we talk about what it means to create a scent memory. And for me, scent memory might be cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning as presents are being unwrapped. But for the youth in that bowl of water that's in the middle, I put a few drops of lavender. And lavender oil, when you stick your hands in and you wash that rock clean, well, then the rest of the day as you're traveling, you may also get that scent of lavender, which will take you back to this place of prayer, this place of quiet connection with God. And it was wonderful to watch them experience it, but it was one of the most prayerful experiences of my life to get to spend the whole day facilitating that for them. It was a gift. Cool. Cool. How was your epiphany? My epiphany was good. Like Charlotte, I get to go to lots of different congregations and see the different ways that our congregations shed light in the world, in their communities. And that is always a, an amazing blessing. Um, and for me, uh, because this was the season that we had talked about pray mm -hmm. as our practice, I decided to really um, dedicate myself to making sure that I did the daily office every day. Mm -hmm. And that really is a spiritual practice I try to do. It's just that I'm like a lot of people, and there are times when I get really busy and I think, I, I can't do this this morning, mm -hmm. I've got to rush off, I've got, to, I've got stuff to do. And so I tried to m really make a practice of, of doing the daily office morning and evening. And, um, you know, what I find is I, I'm, I think this was a quote from Martin Luther. I think he said, um, if you're praying for two hours a day and you find that you're too busy to get everything done, start praying for three hours every day. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and so what I find is that if I actually frame my day mm -hmm. with the daily office, with that practice of prayer, I find even though at the moment I'm doing it, I might not be... Um, I might not feel the presence of God. I might not feel big things happening. Still, I'm constantly, twice a day, being called back to God in some way through the scripture readings or through um, a, a moment that strikes me in the Lord's Prayer that I've said thousands mm -hmm. of times before, but all of a sudden something in one line hits me or something really changes my day and changes my outlook on the day. And so that was a really good practice for me to rededicate myself to doing what I always yeah. intend to do. But, you know, because we are humans, we don't always do what we intend yeah, to do. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, um, my experience with Epiphany was kind of both, goes with both of yours, actually, because um, Epiphany was a season this year for me of a lot, like the light of Epiphany to me was a lot of learning. I got to go to the Rooted in Jesus conference uh, with both of you actually. Uh, we were all there um, in Atlanta, and that was an amazing, you know, few days of, in, of like an intense learning experience. And then the rest of like the week since then have been a lot of processing of that information and those workshops. Um, and then being able to go to Leadership Academy a couple weeks ago in our diocese, or la this past, was that last Saturday? Yeah. Man, <laughs> feels like it was a month ago. 
like nine days ago, uh, Leadership Academy, uh, which was a time to both learn and to be able to teach some of the information that I'd picked up, which I, uh, which was really helpful for me. Um, but the the two resources that I think I engaged with most in the prey department was number one, the labyrinth, because as the um, as kind of the administrator, de facto administrator for the website everyone was sending me all the places they knew they had labyrinths. Pretty much the whole... I mean, I just got one this past week. They're still sending them to me, even though the day of the labyrinth is over. Yeah. Which is great, because I think it's a cool idea to have, like, a, a page on the website where you can just go and find where all the labyrinths are in the diocese. Yeah. So I hope people keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so keep doing that. If you have one or know of one, send it to me. So I spent a lot of time thinking about labyrinths and learning where they existed in the Diocese of San Diego. And then I also, um, we have one of the prey resources, the, the one online uh, resources for individuals and congregations was a bunch of stuff from Forward Movement for the daily office. And one of them that isn't on there that I learned about was just like the basic daily prayer page they have on their website that is updated every day with morning prayer. So if you wanted to if you want to just like experience and hear morning prayer read, you can do one of those podcasts that's on the website, but you can also go every single day to forwardmovement.com. I think it's like backslash pray or morning prayer or something like that, daily office, something like that. And, uh, and it's just there. You just have to read it from top to bottom and you've done morning prayer. So I think yeah. that both of those are cool. And, and that's the way morning prayer works for me, because as much as I love sh- um, shuffling books, when you do morning prayer, there are quite a few mm-hmm. things to shuffle yeah. if you're doing it the paper way, and that feels holier in a way. But <laughs> but I always like it when morning prayer, evening prayer, is spelled out for me on a website, and I actually use the Mission St. Clair website. Mm. Um, that's missionstclare.com. Um, it's it does the whole thing in great detail. It's a longer version of morning prayer, and it also usually highlights a saint of the day. Yeah, oh, that's cool. very special. Cool. Yeah. So we are done with pray now. We yeah. never have to pray again. <laughs> I don't think that was Bishop Susan's intent. <laughs> I see. We're building. I know. We're building a rule of life, yes. so we keep praying, we and praying. now we figure out through our prayer what it looks like to turn. Yes. So, yes. and that takes us to our next area, which is in fact during the season of Lent, which Ash Wednesday is the day that you are getting access to this podcast. So perhaps you're even listening to us on Ash Wednesday, but if not, in the days that follow, in as we hit Ash Wednesday, we also transitioned our focus during this year of discipleship, and we. We are now focusing on turn. Um, and turn is specifically intended to be a repentant season, um, a time for us to focus inward um, on spiritual growth and change that perhaps we need to do ourselves. And Bishop Susan, I know that you have some thoughts on this. Yeah, so um, repent or turn is not a popular word. Um, we uh, we think of repentance as something that that makes us feel guilty, and we're mm-hmm. supposed to just feel horrible about ourselves and beat ourselves up. But to me, actually, I uh, I don't think that's really what repent is all about. So to think about repentance, it helps sometimes to think about the way they would do baptisms in the ancient church. They would start a baptism facing west, which was supposedly the direction where evil came from, and then 
in the baptism service, we renounce evil, and people would actually turn around and face east, which is the direction of the rising sun, mm-hmm. the direction of the altar in the church, etc. Et mm-hmm. So they would turn around and face Jesus and accept him as our Savior. So what we're doing when we repent is we're actually making a conscious choice to turn away from evil and turn toward Jesus so that he can lead us throughout our life. Our our baptism service is amazingly realistic about our ability to constantly repent mm-hmm. because it's it says we promise that we will persevere in resisting evil and whenever we fall into sin whenever we mm-hmm. fall into sin not if we fall into sin right. <laughs> whenever we fall into sin we will repent and return to the lord and for me um, i i used to feel bad about that for instance doing morning prayer as i was just talking about it begins with a confession of sin. And I used to think, gosh, why do we begin with that? It's beginning on a down note. Mm-hmm. And one day I was doing the confession of sin and I came to the the part where we declare forgiveness and I realized, oh my gosh, that was not starting on a negative note. It was starting with the recognition that God has forgiven me yeah. and that I am cleansed. Mm-hmm. I am open now to receive what God has to offer. And we do something similar in the Eucharist when we start with the uh, collect for purity. Almighty mm-hmm. God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. We're talking about a God who cleanses the thoughts of our hearts and opens us up to receive what God has to offer. That's an amazing gift. And to me, that is what repentance is all about, turning and being willing to accept that gift. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the, if you go, if you want to see, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the way of love, you know, on the Episcopal Church's website. And what we've done through with this Discipleship 2020 is to try to curate some of those resources, as well as resources beyond uh, just the website on the Episcopal Church, but the but the each of these uh, areas has kind of a little description for it, and this is the one for turn. The the kind of gets the heading is pause, listen, and choose to follow Jesus. Like the disciples, we are called by Jesus to follow the way of love. With God's help, we can turn from the powers of sin, hatred, fear, injustice, and oppression toward the way of truth, love, hope, justice, and freedom. In turning, we reorient our lives to Jesus Christ falling in love again, again, and again. And I like that because it also brings kind of the idea of, of turning and repenting and sin to more to not just an individual level, but a corporate level, that we're talking about the ways that we take part in this bigger, these bigger systems of sin and oppression and injustice, so that it's, it is, like you're saying, not just about feeling ashamed of ourselves, but growing in awareness through practices, through intentional turning towards, mm-hmm. you know, the suffering that we are feeling or that we see in the world and recognizing how we are taking part in that. And sometimes that is unconsciously and sometimes it's consciously. Consciously, Sometimes it's things done and left undone, like we say in the, in the uh, confession. So, and, and in that in language of the um, baptismal service of the vows, it's, it's like sin is a thing we fall into. So it's there and we fall back into it, you know? Like, it's always kind of underlying, it's always possible 
to take part in it. So it was like this bigger thing that we participate in instead of the mission of God, the mission of Jesus, which is the way of love and truth and justice and freedom. So, yeah. you first. In the in the baptismal service, we actually there are three specific things that we turn away from. We renounce them. We renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces that wickedness of wickedness that rebel against God. So we are renouncing cosmic evil mm-hmm. that um, that draws us away from God. We renounce the evil powers of this world, which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. So that's social evil. Mm-hmm. And we renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God. So that is personal evil. Uh Mm -hmm. So we are renouncing cosmic, social, and personal evil, only one of which is, you know, personal evil is something that does come from within us. But uh, we are also renouncing all those things that we see around us destroying people. Uh Um, You know, it's... it's impossible to say that we do not live in a world of sin when we look around us and we see homeless people and we see people starving and we see people yearning for a better life and we see people oppressed and suffering in all kinds of ways. Um, This world is a world that will tempt us constantly to turn away from God and turn toward other things as our savior toward money or power or appearance, all the things that people put their faith in in this world. And we are called constantly to recognize that those are temporary things that really will not save us and that we're called to renounce the things of this world that draw us away from God. Yeah. And I think that as I listen to both of you reflect on this area of turn, that immediately it comes to mind for me how important it is for us to have this season, right? That this opportunity of a Lenten practice is that time to turn, because sometimes we don't even realize where we are. And this period of introspection, this period of journeying with God, this opportunity to turn is really important because it can point out areas to us that we didn't even realize that we had lost our focus and our bearing on. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself as I was planning this week, I have youth group on Tuesday nights. And of course, the conversation is going to come up around the table as we're all sitting and eating. What are you giving up? Mm -hmm. What are you giving up? Right? Like that's the conversation that always happens. And whether it's in their context, electronics or chocolate or soda or something like that, Mm -hmm. it becomes a Mm one-upmanship, right? Like I'm giving this up, right? And in trying to be who has the more difficult task. And my question to them (laughs) always is, well, why? Mm -hmm. Right? Why are you giving that up? Because it's not about being in competition with each other to who can give up the hardest thing. It's about creating room to reconnect with God, to turn in focus on these other things, that that, that dis- discipline that they're choosing is that. It's a discipline. And that discipline creates room for you to reconnect with God and to fill that space with something else and to turn to God when it's hard to give up your candy and video games, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think that to, to think about this a little bit more is like to, to decide to give something up is to create for yourself for six weeks at least, this constant reminder of what the season is about, of like when we feel, if we give up chocolate, Mm -hmm. every time that, it's like an invitation to say, every time that I feel like I need to eat chocolate right now, that is an opportunity to remember 
this season. Remember the call to turn. Remember the call to become aware of the ways that I am taking part in whatever, you know, whatever like a level of evil or sin or oppression I am taking part in. Because those are the things that really tempt us outside of chocolate. You know, outside of this, like the chocolate is symbolic yeah, yeah. for my need to, you know, take part in some other kind of more destructive uh, yearning, temptation kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like, what are the things that are going to be those reminders for us? And maybe it is a thing that you really would like to not do anymore. You know, I don't know. Right. Um, but. But that I think can just like we just like jokingly we said I said you know now that we've done the season of pray we don't have to pray anymore and you said no just because Lent ends doesn't mean we stop turning doesn't mean we stop paying attention to those times when we feel that tug of taking part in systems of you know injustice or doing things that cause us suffering or other people's suffering but it's always an invitation to when we feel that to kind of like breathe into that space and turn and say why is this happening why am I doing this why am I feeling this need to do this thing? And is there an al alternative? Is there another way of taking part in the mission of God rather than taking part in, you know, this big word sin thing that mm -hmm. we're talking about? Mm -hmm. And I think that that then therefore means that we need to talk about, well, it's more than giving things up. Lent is a time of practice mm -hmm. as well. And there's a lot of practices that are offered on the Discipleship EDSD website. Um, and I think that there's an opportunity if we wanted to have a conversation about some that either speak to us, or if there's something that isn't on the website now, but that you're feeling called to this Lent as part of your turn, um, then let's share that. Let's have that conversation. Do either of you have one? I would like to highlight one of the things that is on the website, mm -hmm. and that is the Called to the Wall event on Saturday, March 28th. So that is an event that we share with our siblings in the Diocese of Los Angeles and also in the Diocese of Western Mexico. Mm -hmm. And we go down to the border and we share a Eucharist with, with all of those friends. And we bear witness to the fact that the border separates human beings from one another. And because of that separation, some people are suffering. And it's just our opportunity to, um, to witness to that suffering and to be aware of it and to ask God for what God's call might be to us in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a very important event that we do. I would invite uh, everyone in our diocese to join us Saturday, March 28th. There will be more details about it coming out mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one of the the things that I um, I noticed about this area of turn, if you look at the resources, they're not all about. There are some great resources about repentance, about reconciliation, about these kinds of things. But there's also some resources about baptism because we've been talking about the baptismal covenant. There's one called Journey Through the Baptismal Covenant, which is kind of like a video based series that you can do with a small group, or you could do with your whole congregation, or you could do by yourself. Um, but the idea being that traditionally Lent has been this time of preparation for baptism, because one of the traditional times to do baptism is Easter, especially mm -hmm. the Easter vigil, um, when when people in that process, you know, were taking these days to take on their practice, to uh, but also to learn about Christianity, about their faith, about their faith journey, and the way they take part in this larger tradition, and then preparing for baptism. So that's, that's a cool one to kind of add to the mix, you know, that we're not just, 
it's all it's all kind of leading towards repentance for the sake of new life you know repentance for the sake of some some newness that happens this baptism that we're talking about and the new ways that we can engage in the world through that kind of those baptismal promises and through through witnessing baptisms or being baptized yes you know so yes well, and for me, I think I'm actually going to highlight one that is not on the website yet, mm. um, but that we are going to put there. And that sprung from our gospel reflection, David, when we were talking about Jesus in the desert and all of the temptations that he faced. And as I considered that through the lens of children and youth ministry, I started to think about how can we connect to that on a, a tactile method, because often that's a great way to get into those deeper places with kids. And so one of the resources that you're going to get is going to be a desert box that we're going to create, and then we're going to live into each week spending 40 days in the desert with a different practice that uses that same thing. And there will be stones, stones that are for each member of your family, plus maybe a couple of extras. Um, A stone that on one side as a family, you will paint colorful, beautiful shades. And then on the opposite side, that you will paint with a black cross and or Jesus. You can write the word Jesus if you'd like. And that's the side that's going to be up as we go through Lent, as we're journeying, right? Because that's, that's who we're traveling with through this time period. And then there's going to be different activities you can do. There can be questions about temptations that are folded and placed under rocks and that during dinner you pull out and you answer those questions together. Um, There'll be an opportunity to reflect on our baptism and we'll add a small dish of water to that desert during that week. But each week there's going to be a different way that we can really journey when we can really travel through the desert as a family. And I will name in this that this might not necessarily be restrictive just to children and youth. There may be those of us that enjoy a more tactile practice in general, and it may serve any number of people. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, those All of the turn resources are up right now, and you can go look at them. And hopefully we'll be adding, like Charlotte's resource, we'll be adding to them throughout the season. I just want to say, okay. I was just looking at the lectionary for Lent. This is the very best lectionary year for Lent. You do not want to miss church mm. any Sunday in mm. Lent because this is the this is the year when the first Sunday of Lent we will hear all about Jesus's temptations in the wilderness and the very best version of that which is Matthew's version. But then the next four Sundays we will be hearing the most amazing stories from the Gospel of John, the story of Nicodemus, the story of the woman at the well, the story of the blind man whom Jesus heals, and the story of Lazarus. They are so incredibly rich and deep. Mm-hmm. Be in church. You will not want to miss these stories. Yeah. Yes, and then listen to the Faith to Go podcast, yes. Yes. where we'll talk about them yes. even more. <laughs> and then share your thoughts and reflections and questions about it yes uh also so we are um getting into that season of lent we're really excited about it like bishop susan just said those readings are really cool also very long very long but so rich so and worth it yeah um so we do still want to hear from you in all things uh if you have questions or comments or thoughts about the discipleship 2020 website you have things you'd like to put up there you'd like different things on there that are on there. There's stuff you're looking for that's not there yet. Uh, you can email us, formation at edsd.org is the, is the 
the uh, email for the website. If you want to share any of your stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection for the Faith to Go podcast, you can email email us faith to go at edsd.org. And uh, that's it until uh, Easter time when yeah. we'll be back with Bishop Susan to talk about the season of learn that will happen for those 50 days of Easter. So I think that's it. That is. Yeah. And Great. so we say goodbye, everybody. So until next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.